Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 218, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, January 7th, which of course means that it is National Bobblehead Day and National Tempura Day. Tempura! Uh, can tempura fry your bobbleheads and just really, really do it up. Why not? Do you have a bobblehead, Miles? Uh, I have a, the only one I have is like a, a T'Challa, like Black Panther one. I don't know what yeah. it is though. It's like, I don't really, I got it for free. I'm not really into bobbleheads, but I, I get it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like, uh, Marie Kondo's show is anti-bobblehead propaganda. Because what do you mean? What if it brings you joy though? I, do, I feel like there's a lot of bobbleheads out there that people are just like, oh yeah, I still have a bobblehead. But maybe, maybe, maybe they're out there. I mean, I feel like you either cult, you either fuck heavy with bobbleheads, or they're an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's like an. Imbi- I don't know if someone's like casual with it because people I know like are Dodger fans who are like, I have to get all the fucking bobbleheads this season, or other people who are really into like a certain niche like anime show. They like you know like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, I am Team Bobblehead. I'm Team Tempura. My name is Jack O'Brien, AK. When the Zeit has come and the trends are dark and the Zoom is the only light we'll see. Jack O'B, Jack O'B, oh my name's Jack O'B. You can hear, hear me on the Zeitgeist. That is courtesy of Paul Garventa. Did, did he do? Man, I, he had this one out yesterday. Didn't he do two? Wait, he hit, came so close yeah, to hitting for the cycle. Blake and then me? Oh, PG. Oh, man. That's my bad. That's on me. I mean, he should take that hanging right there that. for you? That was that hanging right there. And oh. I just didn't, didn't pick it up. User that's error. On me. User error. Yeah. Honorary. Spiritual, spiritual uh, trifecta. There you go. Uh, well, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Yes, it's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Hideo Noho, straight off Lankershim with the fake Nikes on. Good to see everybody here yeah, yeah. today. What a what a guest we have. I'm just uh, excited <laughs> oh, we get the family reunited, right? double LP. Wow. I'm just so excited. Double wow. LP, double LP. Uh, well, Miles, speaking mm-hmm. of which, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a brilliant and talented podcast producer, esports commentator, uh, some fucking guy on Twitch, <laughs> DJ and music producer, one half of the DJ production duo Gladiator, uh, one of the super producers here at the iHeart Podcast Network. Love it. Uh, you've heard him on Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Wow. Uh, you've heard him on this podcast uh, where he used to be the engineer and producer oh. of this show that super producer Justin uh, assassinated in order to take his spot. <laughs> yep. But he is back from the dead to fuck your shit up. It's DJ <laughs> Daniel Gomez. Wow, full regalia right there. Thank you so yeah, much. That is, a, that is a full-ass honor. Yes, it is I, <laughs> DJ Daniel. <laughs> yes, it is AKA I. AKA DJ underscore Daniel. <laughs> Look at this. AKA I forgot to ask on Twitter for an AKA, and here we are. I know. Happy to be here. Okay, well, you know, aka uh, Danell, uh, <laughs> father of Kalel. Yes. Okay, yeah, there yeah. it is. Neil no. before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you got more going on in your Zoom frame yes. than uh, I am comfortable with. <laughs> it's understandable. 
He's yeah. got us on full Twitch mode. He's using his OBS camera to really give us the sick layout game, mm-hmm. the sick green screen game. Indeed. Uh, and Jack and I are just so distracted because we we're typically just looking at normal zoom screens. But I usually love- it's someone's background. But instead, I have this a uh, beautiful mountain range behind me. Currently, it'll soon change to a to a cloudy area of some kind. It's just ooh, and now wow, it's dark and mysterious is. and spooky. Look wow. at that. Yeah, I finally figured out that I could use my OBS virtual camera to do Zoom calls, and I have been waiting for the appropriate opportunity, and here we are. (laughs) I can't believe I knew something about OBS before you. I like kind of fucks with my head a lot. Yeah, I just, you know what? Never experimented with it, and now here we are, and now I'm way too into it. Now he's inside of a uh, TV that has been abandoned on Hollywood Boulevard. Precisely. Thank you. For some reason. Yes. And this is a podcast. Yeah, that we're describing. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry to everyone listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you thought that this was an appropriate use of the technology. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that either of you know what OBS cameras are because I mean I've known so long, but I didn't know. uh, But why don't you just explain to the listener what what that means? Sure. OBS, I believe it's Open Broadcast Software is a way that people, indeed, and people uh, use basically how people broadcast onto streaming platforms like Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and stuff like that. And Mm. think of it like a Photoshop file that you can just layer stuff onto, put on, you know, put on video, put on pictures, put on whatever you want. And uh, with the help of a handy green screen, you can do all sorts of dumb shit. And it's been great. Bless you. Mm. Thank you. Speaking of dumb shit, you referred to Meta as Facebook, bro. Come on. Wait, it's 2022. Fuck. Nerd. All right. Justin, we got to cut that. <laughs> cut that. Don't. Everybody will make fun of me. Before we get to know you a little bit better, uh, Miles, should we tell the people a couple of the things we're talking about today? Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, we got some good news on the uh, pandemic front yeah. because two non shitty American doctors are mm-hmm. developing a free vaccine. You know, my my Facebook groups or meta groups have been telling me not to trust American doctors. So this is news to me. But, yeah, apparently they've been developing a free vaccine for the world. We're going to talk about uh, I just wanted to take a quick survey of uh, the January 6th coverage from yesterday. Seems like there was a lot of talk of uh, division, America, more divided than ever. And so I just wanted to, you know. Weigh in. About what? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, guys, we all just need to come together, right? True Uh, that. We're a team. We're going to talk about Metaverse. Uh, We're going to talk about, is it Jake? No, Logan Paul. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Miles, you're going to have to explain that to me. It's just, it's it's like it encapsulates everything that's wrong with us right now. And that Logan Paul paid millions of dollars for Pokemon cards that ended up being fake or are probably fake. So no, it's, it's got it all. It's got hyper consumerism, hype beast culture, fucking reckless spending. You love to see it. All of that. Plenty more. But first, mm. DJ Daniel. Yes, sir. Uh, wh- what is something from your search history that reveals something fucked up about you, man? Oh, man. You want to hear something <laughs> fucked up, man? Uh, I got a couple. I'll give you a quick one and then a longer one. First one is new computer sending too many notifications. I recently got a new laptop, and for whatever reason, it's now sending me five five emails anytime something on my calendar comes up. And it's not from five independent locations. It's just alert. Sparklet sky arriving. It's like, why am I getting five emails about this? And I've been desperately... 
Please. How did that happen? What is that scheduled in your calendar? The sparklets? Yes, I, 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 I. Oh, got it. So you know, uh, part of being in a relationship is that we both need to know a little, every little thing about what's happening. And so uh, oh, wow. Stephanie and I, I have a shared that. calendar. Yeah, exactly. Stephanie I don't and I know have what Her Majesty's doing right now. That's, I mean, honestly, sometimes I think that's better. Stephanie and I have a shared <laughs> calendar, and the Sparklets guy is on it, as is my stream and several other things. And you have that tracking software that tells you when the Sparklets guy arrives, right? Precisely. So I can run yeah. out there and go, thank you. Well, no, I remember because Dan, you're telling me you kept finding those Apple tags like in your pockets and shit when you leave the house and stuff. <laughs> exactly. And, like, exactly. and then there's one like taped yeah. to your car. Yeah. Stephanie Yo. kept hugging me goodbye and like really reaching into my pockets <laughs> really? deeply. I was like, what's this about? What are you doing? You good? You good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how I like to flex though, too. New computer sending way notifications. <laughs> New computer like, okay, notifying me that my bottled water delivery <laughs> man oh, has boy. arrived. Oh, $2,500 brand spanking new computer. Oh, <laughs> Annoying me. <laughs> Uh, Wait, but did you find the explanation? No, no, I kind of have. Well, this it's that it's that the calendar app on the Apple defaults to sending you two notifications per thing. But I don't understand where the other three emails are coming from. And I'm actually still trying to figure that out. So that's one thing. And it's annoying. The other thing that's way more exciting is the James Webb Space Telescope. And apparently you guys Mm -hmm. have not talked about this on the podcast yet, which excites me No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, because we think is. that spa- uh, acknowledging the astronomy is an affront to Christ, our Lord. Well, yes. that's completely understandable. And hopefully with the but help what were of you this... going to say, evildoer? <laughs> that's well, Miles' perspective. My help. perspective it's, <laughs> is that it sounds like some nerd shit. But uh, go ahead. Tell us. Well, we're definitely you're, first of all, you're both right. Um, but it, the James Webb <laughs> Space Telescope is basically the new Hubble telescope. They just launched yeah. it in uh, on Christmas, actually. Christmas of this year. And uh, we're going to go to the TV and desk screen so I can show you a picture. So this is the new James Webb Telescope. And for those who are obviously not watching right now, of course, because this is a podcast, imagine like a hexagon of small mirrors that are on top of a diamond-shaped piece of tinfoil that's flying Mm -hmm. through space and this telescope is basically a hundred times more powerful than the hubble telescope the more specifically it can pick up stuff that is a hundred times more faint so like darker shit out in space it can actually pick up it has made it into space and over the past like you know week they have been reporting how each stage of its basically unfurling has been going because it didn't go into space looking like this like what Mm -hmm. what you're seeing here is you know it's completely you know in shape but it went up yeah deployed thank you that's probably a better word for it but each part has been deploying over the past couple days and each you know deploying section has its own failure points that could have basically made the whole thing moot like first the actual the actual mirrors had to deploy then the secondary mirror where the actual light shoots into and then shoots back into the sensor had to deploy there's a heat radiator that had to deploy that would have like you know that better temperature controls the whole thing and each day they've been releasing updates as it's been you know unfurling and deploying and it has almost completely deployed successfully we have this awesome new telescope in space we're going to get our first images back in june and just in terms of like, oh, now we're looking at something else. But either way, just nope, wrong button. Either way, just in terms of like what we are going to get in terms of the information from this telescope, I'm so excited. Like it looks yeah. so fucking cool. And we're just going to get, you know, every crazy picture that we've seen from the Earth, every really like wild picture that we've seen from the Hubble telescope, we're going to get a hundred times more crisp, clear things of the universe we've never seen before. And that is very right. exciting to me. 
We're so basically space going is from, like, notably mostly dark shit. Yeah. So it's good <laughs> it's that we true. will be able to see dark shit a little yes, bit better. Exactly. Much darker yeah. shit, precisely. It's, yeah. We're basically going from like daguerreotype photography to like 8K cameras. Like, Quite literally. Essentially, when you're like, bro, you thought we thought we were looking at space. <laughs> Truly. Because even like the even like the infrared cameras that I feel I've seen recently that have sent back images that you're like oh this is this is truly like the heavens this is yeah. like these celestial bodies mm -hmm. the things that are, we're going to see with this yeah I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to it yeah so, so daniel was showing us on his screen like a picture but it was like small and shrunk down and you know just generally a bad job by him <laughs> showing uh displaying it but then i went to lo to look at it because i was like it can't look like shit like this <laughs> And it actually does kind of look like shit, which I kind of respect. Like it, it looks like something that would be inside a computer and they just like pulled a part out randomly, which yes. is kind of cool because there's not a lot of like, I feel like they usually take the time to make technology look kind look of cool. like sleek. And yeah. this just looks like shit, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so yes. it's, it's, it's deficient. You know, it's like, yeah, yes, this ain't getting, we're not, this is going to be in car and driver. It's a fucking space camera. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. Wrap yes. your head around that. Yes. The tinfoil aspect of it is very interesting to me. There's a, there's a documentary phenomenon that's about like alien uh, UFO encounters that, you know, it's a bunch of interviews with like astronauts who encountered a UFO or, uh, you know, just very like straightforward, trustworthy people who are not like. And then it told me that I was a king from a past life. But like, you know, people who and one of the people they interview was somebody I think it, I think they were a military official of some sort who is at who actually witnessed what happened at uh, Ground Zero, like the Roswell incident. And one one of the things they described was a like three foot long piece of tinfoil that was like you couldn't bend it with a hammer and it was light as a feather and like the strongest shit that they've ever seen. What? And it, it was just basically a piece of tinfoil that was unlike anything that exists on the planet. So it does make me wonder, are we utilizing technology that crashed on the planet? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Just I thought for a way. second when you said I thought you were talking about the '96 film Phenomenon with John Travolta and Kira uh, Sedgwick. Yeah, when you first talking about that, I'm like, I well, because I do talk about that movie a lot. All the yeah, time. I mean, how yeah. did he become a genius with telekinetic powers? It's mm. because every time I have a headache, I'm like, I think I have that tumor that makes you super smart, and then I test mm. it out by trying to do a math problem and quickly disabused yeah. of the notion. Daniel, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated, and this is going to be, you know, a little ironic coming from me, but food trends and their lasting effects throughout the city of Los Angeles mainly, and I just think all over the place. But uh, overrated because it would appear, in my experience, that most food openings these days are now either very nice restaurants or a singular purpose restaurant, whether it's a new smash burger joint, a new hot chicken joint, a new ramen place, a new donut place, whatever it is. Media. Media, exactly. A new media spot. It's either just this one thing or you have like an opening like Biciclette or something where it's a very, very nice ass restaurant. And I'm I'm missing the days, the halcyon days of diners. Like I miss a restaurant where you could go get breakfast or you could go get a burger or you could go get, you know, just a, a, a litany of meals where <laughs> now it just feels like every restaurant opening either has to be one thing that you're absolutely nailing 
or a super nice restaurant where they offer more than three things on the menu. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we're diners are like, you know, we saw Dupar's vanish before yeah. our eyes. Classic. Yes. A uh, spot I used to go to in the Valley all the time. Yes. And Bob's Big Boy in Toluca Lake, that shit's still rocking or Burbank, whatever. It's still on the border right. there. Right. That one's still, and I do like going there, but it's weird. When I go, I really only go for, I only, I love a diner for breakfast. Yes, and totally. I, I want to open my heart to the diner possibly having other things, but I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm yeah. too rigid. And I think, but but I think, you know, what they bring in is with, with your regulars, you know, people mm-hmm. that are regulars, it's like, oh, I come here for my coffee. Oh, I come here for the burger. Oh, I come here just for breakfast. And you get this, you know, you get a mismatch or a mix, a mishmash, whatever the word I'm looking for is. You get a bunch mm-hmm. of people. You just get a diverse group of people who are coming to a place to eat a bunch of different things. Whereas the only people who are going to a smash burger joint are, you know, Guys burger nerds like me. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. And, and, you know. <laughs> They're reluctant girlfriends. <laughs> We're like, isn't this the same spot? You're like, no, it's a different No, it's different. Place. <laughs> These are sliders this time. This is in the back of like a store. That was in the back of a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the back of what used to be a Salvation Army. <laughs> Precisely. And you're saying <laughs> the lasting effect good. being that it's just changing the the landscape yeah, that is people... changing the landscape of 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 like food openings it's like opening a restaurant that that offers you know a bunch a number of things that aren't just the one hype food item seems to be a riskier proposition that is only taken on by restaurant groups and restaurant tours and big chefs who are like i'm opening a, a french new wave restaurant i'm opening a you know basque like, yeah. basque dessert restaurant exactly it's just like yeah. you know it it, it feels uh, i i miss i miss when a regular restaurant could open where a lot of people love to cook a bunch of things and uh, i feel like those it's not where the market is dan not where the market is not where the market is precisely especially now with tiktok and all that now because i feel like that's also having an effect on a lot of like f- like what food culture is becoming too yes. just the visuals of food and like yes. how we've went from like technique to now like can you die within three bites of eating this brand right. of food, like epic mealtime looking stuff? Yeah, uh, exactly. it's all, but I mean, look, it's all it's all a conversation, man. It's a cosmic gumbo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Santa. Yeah. Where are all the TikToks about uh, how hard the <laughs> the Cheesecake Factory at the Grove keeps nailing it every time I go nailing there? It. You know what Boom. I'm saying? Buffalo Blast nailing it. <laughs> uh, what's something you back. think is underrated underrated and i'm almost sad that uh super producer ana Hosni is not here for me to hear me say this but f1 mm-hmm. drive to survive and i also added a note here honestly probably not underrated but i just started watching it and it rules that show <laughs> is amazing if you have not started watching f1 drive to survive on netflix it does not matter if you're a fan of racing or not it is the dopest show and now i'm and now i'm deep into f1 it's the best wow and the season just ended too. And, and yeah, season season three just ended. And no, it, no, no, no. The, the oh, last the, oh, F1 the last F one season. Yes, the last F one yeah. season. And contra mired in controversy. Very much so. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh my gosh. But the so, show is yeah. the show is just so well done. I also love how they have such contempt for Netflix. Like while they're recording it, they're like, yeah. "Oh, it's you like, again." Okay, can you guys Netflix? get a, exactly? Can you guys get out of here while we're having a serious <laughs> conversation? It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> right. It's spectacular. Or Shout out Total Wolf. Is there so a question I'm hearing people in sports media talk about a lot is uh, whether the like whether this strategy that has worked so well for F1 of Mm -hmm. like doing a really 
you know, it, it's something that HBO kind of did with Hard Knocks, Hard where they Knocks, would follow yeah. a team yeah. in the preseason. But like mm-hmm. doing that for the entirety of a season, so that you get not just like a single team's preseason, but the entire season with all the players and all right. the different. Like, is that? It, there was a rumor going around that they were going to do the same thing to professional golf, and that did not sound very interesting to me. Like, I, mean, I feel like F1 is what Dynamic. it worked for F1 yeah. because it was a underrated sport. It was a sport that was like very exciting, very popular yeah. around the world mm-hmm. and just hadn't really broken through the way it should have in America. But I feel like golf, I, you're not going to get me to give a fuck about well, I guess uh, that's golf. The diff- I think that's the thing, though, right? Like golf is also clearly has enough of an audience that it, it's in the, you know, generating millions of dollars. But I feel like with golf, like the the joy, the the people, the way people get into watching like the PGA Tour is because they golf themselves and they have a firsthand understanding of like what they're seeing and how different like the skill that it takes to be a professional golfer and being like, oh, man, that was great. I don't know if that translates like, yeah, it maybe it can if you can find a way for people to be like, actually, like, you know, every stroke matters. But I don't think the cast of characters are as interesting as like Formula One. Where yeah. they can get people fully invested. Because I, I took Formula One to me was like, it's guys in helmets driving in a circle. Yeah. More and then that was my that was my view. Then I zoomed in through this show and I was like, oh, fuck. OK, it's it's got all kinds of fun shit going on. Deeply political. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Again, as I'll say, it's the embodiment of malignant global capitalism. Let's Very much be so. frank about like what like, the cars emblazoned with earth fucking companies oh, and yeah. like human rights washing races and like fucking Azerbaijan. And shit. Yes, that like, it's, 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 it's definitely, and, and especially in season three, which, which uh, Stephanie and I are halfway through right now, the way that they react to COVID being like, we just really want to get back out there and race is all like, Oh, y'all really don't give a shit about yeah, humanity or society or very insulated. Or anything. Yeah. Extremely yeah. insulated. Yeah. But to your point about like uh, it, it working for other sports, I think the fact that it is, so small that there are only 20 drivers in the entire like sport of f1 definitely helps in terms of being able to concentrate on certain people like you couldn't do this for basketball where you know or football or any team sport with a bunch of players to be a team it would have to be a team yeah one team would be all the people you could you could represent but also and and comparing it to golf like you know you're just you're right like f1 is with for lack of a better term extremely high octane like it's exciting it is incredibly exciting when it gets down to the actual like racing part of it whereas golf you're right it would get be kind of hard to get me to give a shit about each stroke so i think f1 definitely yeah it fits into a very a very um thin window of like not quite understood but also small enough to cover all of it yeah i'm gonna say yeah. The NBA, if you could get buy-in from the 15 best players in the league mm-hmm. and you were just following the 15 best players in the league and, like, their teams and, you know, usually one of the 15 best players in the league is going to win the title, yeah. I think that would actually work pretty well. It would uh, somehow make basketball more popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and yeah. you know, yes. they're they're all about their global brand. So Very I mean, much so. just, yeah. Yeah. If they have any eyes on, you know, not being beholden to other countries with their, you know, uh, broadcast rights and things like that, mm-hmm. maybe you, you get a show out there to pull other people in. Right. But yeah. they do it with uh, in the Premier League. Amazon does a show called All or Nothing. And this season they're following Arsenal. Oh, wow. So like all of the banter around like the fans is like 
I can't wait to see the ep- like you know we have a great game or a shit game we're like can't wait to see what this looks like <laughs> behind the scenes because like yeah. they're in the locker room they're in the training oh, it's wow. like you see them eat I think and yeah shows like that I think have a do a good job of you know demystifying shit and getting you to care a rugby one would probably be good for the U.S. Mm. Interesting. Because that shit is ridiculous, super yeah. athletic to watch. Yes. And it's adjacent enough to f- American football that I think people will be like, holy shit, yeah. man. What is this? Fucking ruggers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the NFL is probably like keeping that. Like they're <laughs> killing any contract. Because yeah. right? they're like, oh, this is kind of like Can't a more fun version of ours. Yeah. It's like an electric car. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who killed the rugby drive to survive? <laughs> Who killed rugby sevens? All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And all right, let's start off with some good news for a change here. Love good news. Yeah. Some doctors decided to develop a free vaccine. They've been developing it since 2003 when SARS first hit the scene. I have a quick question before you continue. All my yeah. vaccines have been free. So why is this one more free? Ah, what makes it free? Allow us to elaborate. So Thank right you. now you have Pfizer and Moderna and right. AstraZeneca are mm-hmm. sort of like the big three, Johnson & Johnson, who have patents and they're treating this like it's 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 intellectual property that they're mm. unwilling to share with the rest mm. of the world. I despite see. us being in a pandemic. They're saying Got it. Well, you know, we would, but they don't have the, the capacity to do it, even mm. though those countries do manufacture some of our other pharmaceutical drugs. But that's an afterthought. And and the what these two doctors, Peter Hotez and Maria Elena Botazzi from the University of Baylor, or I'm sorry, Baylor University, mm. they they're basically saying, like, no, nah, like, we're trying to Jonas Salk this shit. Got it. Like, right. Here's a fucking vaccine, family. Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I think most every, every expert's been saying one of the biggest issues we have with the pandemic is that there's no fucking access or there's no ability to widely vaccinate the, the, the rest of the world because these companies are like, well, where's my fucking check at? Got it. Thank you. Developed nations have the money. But for the rest of the world, like, you know, low middle income nations, it's completely different. Got it. Sorry, your Thank vaccines you. have been free? I'm still stuck <laughs> hey, on that. Hey, Daniel, shut up, shut up. No, Jax, I got you the, the platinum version. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you said, yeah. That guy like, must, I'm on a man, payment plan, right? Like, that's... <laughs> they so this me. wouldn't even... You wouldn't have to, like, subscribe for the next 15 years for, like, access to the vaccine and mm. all that good no, stuff, right? No, Okay. Yeah, and... Yeah, <laughs> hey, it sounds pretty cool. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Wish I hadn't signed that contract, Miles. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm telling you, in the long run, in the long run, <laughs> you're saving money. You're saving money, you're saving baby. Money. Saving dollars. Don't, yeah, yeah. don't, don't judge it now after three years. Right, right. Wait right. 17, baby. Big then God. get to me, okay? I'll be too rich by then. Lay My away security plan. guards will drag Perfect. you away. Perfect. But yeah, this, so this vax is, or vaccine is called Corbavax. And like you're saying, Jack, they started in when SARS came out and then SARS went away. So they're like, Oh, no need to really pursue this much further because it's not presenting a health problem for the country or for the world. Then once COVID popped back up, because like they're they're starting off as very similar viruses, they're like, oh shit, let's let's just dust this thing off and see if we can adapt it to COVID. And with some tweaks, they began trialing it. And there is an unpublished study from India where it it has been approved in India. They found that it was 90% effective. 
against the original variant and then 80% against Delta. So they've got something here. The one I think drawback is like they can't alter it as quickly as an mRNA vaccine. But again, long term here, if we're talking about like getting something that can be widely distributed at a very low cost, that should be the fucking emphasis here. Ding, ding, ding. And it also feels like you could just so somebody needs to just focus on like creating an online or some some sort of resource where people can just open source help help with this shit and help put together the because I mean it's kind of crazy that this hasn't happened yet and like hopefully this will give people something to sort of gravitate around as like hey we're <laughs> we're going to all just spend a lot of time trying to help create. The, the sort of situation where we can update this quickly because, yeah, it, I mean, I get, I get that it's it requires a ton of resources, but yeah. But luckily, I mean, they're talking a dollar to a dollar fifty a, a dose. Oh, which shit. Is right. Very, very like, you know, it, they, it doesn't get much cheaper than that, according to them, which Wonderful. is a great thing to hear. And also, like when we talk about the need, like why it's not just about, well, we need Americans vaccinated or we need the, this part vaccinated. It's like, no, because in the other parts of the world where the virus can just, you know, go from person to person, that's how these mutations start popping up. And the quicker we can get as many people inoculated, we can slow that down because, you know, there's plenty of headlines that are saying like, you know, potentially there'll be a variant that is only the worst parts of every single variant we've seen already. Like the mm. transmissibility of Omicron with like the lethality of Delta in like, and then adding a new thing like immunity of evasion. Like that's the yeah. thing that is, that's, I think that's the thing that a lot of people lose sight of as to why we need to slow this whole thing down as quickly as possible and why it's absolutely ridiculous for companies like Pfizer and Moderna and the rest to just insist that it's like, well, where's the fucking money at? Right. Yeah. It's extra frustrating that the people who don't understand that are then the ones who are like, see, this is never ending whenever a new strain like comes and fucking ravages their (laughs) community. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, that's what we've been trying to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway, I got to get another shot. Yeah. Guess what? You're a life form on a fucking planet. I'm sorry (laughs) that you wear clothes and that makes you think that you're not some biological organism here, but that's the fucking, the deal here, my man. Anyways, huge couple months for Baylor. Just got to say it. I mean, first and probably more importantly, Super Producer Becca getting hired on Daily Zeitgeist. Huge. She's a Baylor grad. And now, now, you know, lesser, but still probably pretty significant is this news. So uh, too, too big. Big, big uh, feathers big in their cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sick them, she said, which I guess is what Talking they the said. Hook them. Oh, I, I think. Get them yeah. sick. Yeah, I don't think she meant get them sick. Oh, That's what oh. I thought at first. That is the uh, the phrase. You're supposed to take your hand, cup your knee, and then you rip out the heart of your competitors. and You throw it to God as it is a Baptist university. So you go, hey, sick them bears. So, oh, wow. And their wow. heart, your opponent's heart is in your knee? Uh, no, that's how you create the cup for your cup. your bear crawl. Yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. It's a metaphorical heart, Jack. Metaphorical uh-huh. heart of Vivo, yeah. the Longhorn. Okay. And um, and uh, thank you for not getting, I, I quickly uh, 
change the order. I, I said University of Baylor and then Baylor <laughs> University. That could have been really embarrassing. So I got myself. Not quite, not quick enough for uh, Becca not to have thrown her computer at the wall. Uh, I, mean, I, I did notice destroyed that. destroyed all my equipment. <laughs> Think of the uh, storied alums from Baylor. RG3, Angela yeah. Kinsey from The Office, puppet master Jeff Dunham. Yeah, you know I mean, got <laughs> and then all. Becca, Becca immediately turned off her and display when you mentioned Jeff go. Dunham. Gotta go, Joanna Gaines. Okay. Yeah. Chip and Joanna, you know. Chip too. Yeah, that, that's how and they Trey met. Lingo. That's the love story of the generation. That is why Magnolia has now taken over Waco, Texas. It is now. It should be called Magnolia, Texas. Honestly, with everything right. they're doing over there, it is truly. David Koresh is. Huh, he is crazy. sick to his stomach. Mm. <laughs> wherever he is uh definitely still alive just saying uh, <laughs> uh let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about uh speaking of sieges mm-hmm. let's talk about the january 6th coverage reactions just like one overarching quibble i had was that a lot of people were talking about how america is more divided than ever and just like really like both sides in the shit with the rhetoric, even though every time like as they described what was happening, it was all about, you know, Republicans moving further and further towards the side of the insurrectionists. And that but then they would be like, we're more divided than ever. There was a uh, op ed by Jimmy Carter. Uh, it was a guest column in the uh, New York Times. Where, you know, at points he sounded like Robert Evans circa 2018, like he was America's teetering on the edge of a gaping abyss. But then, you know, when it comes to identifying the problem, they're pointing to division. And, you know, Carter calls for Americans to come together, which like I get like that. That's I get why that's a habit that they have. Mm -hmm. But it is actually like offensive and like counterproductive and incorrect to say Mm -hmm. that you know the problem is that people need to come together with the side that is you know rapidly you know hurtling towards just open authoritarianism and white supremacy and fucking violent anti-democratic values yeah i don't know just it's like yeah, I mean, I think the it, the media just suffers from the same thing culturally that I think hap- exists in America, where it's like it's hard to discuss the real shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to just get to it. It's like, oh, you know, they're having a hard like, you know, sometimes we'll, we will mitigate a lot or try and describe something that's really bad as something less than it is just to make ourselves comfortable. And I don't know. And this doesn't serve the purpose of maintaining you know whatever this frail like little republic is here by saying stuff like oh we're more divided than ever rather than saying these people are dragging us into some other thing and yeah. and, and more importantly the govern the system of governance has failed people to the point that they're down to hear fucking anything at this point right and the the scourge of misinformation and the lack of you know serious confrontation around this the spread of misinformation is also adding to this. Like, but it's just easier to say, like, we're we're so far apart. It's like yeah. it's not that it's not that this solution is like, hey, come here, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Hug you, man. Yeah. No. That's we you have to say, no, man, they they're on a fucking steady course to set all of the elections up coming up to be easily reversed be, through their rat fuckery. 
And yeah. that's what we're hurtling towards. And then the fallout from that is going to create a situation in this country that most people don't have the imagination for. Right. Yeah, we just can't can't imagine it. Yeah, right but instead, but I guess it's easier for everyone to sort of be like, mm-hmm. it's and some I, dark abyss. Don't don't <laughs> worry about what's down there because we can't yeah. really picture it. But yeah. it's not good. You mean like you know, like Proud Boys patrolling the streets and the police letting them to act as like a law enforcement group, yeah. or sure. at least turning their turning a blind eye to their crimes because that's the state we're in, or that the corruption is going to get to a point where. The the things that you thought were easily accessible are completely not the same anymore. There's just so many little dimensions to this that I think I don't know that but the journalists would rather be like, I don't want to start, you know, speculating. But I'm really yeah. curious to see how things play out if Republicans begin stealing multiple elections and then that creates more conflict in the streets, leading to more violence and instability. Like what what's their version that they see that this isn't setting their heads on fire? Well, also the fact that we're seeing so many more interactions in completely different areas between, you know, basically Proud Boys entering more spaces where they seem to want to create conflict, like PTA meetings, like the fact Mm -hmm. that we're seeing them being like, okay, we need to enter these other avenues of society to create conflict and push our message is like another, you know, a bell ringing of like this, you know, we are facing these issues, these divisions in places that are like, way more than just outside of government buildings and in the streets and stuff. It's like they're trying to attack our the way we teach children. And yeah. it's, you know, the, the, the device in this is going even deeper and earlier, which is yeah. super troubling. Well, the problem is just that those meetings have become too chaotic and we need to <laughs> restore a uh, semblance yeah. of togetherness to those PTA meetings. Totally. Uh, and the problem with uh, O.J. and Nicole Brown Simpson's marriage is that they were too <laughs> far apart and they just need to come together. It's just like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? O.J. Right. What? No. Call it, well, call it what it is. And like even looking at like the proud, there was a recent article about just how the Proud Boys have completely shifted their strategy to sort of normalize and enter American society. There's like a you know, like a Fourth of July parade recently somewhere in the Midwest where the Proud Boys had a float and people like applauded them. And when they interviewed people, they're like, I've read their stuff. They just seem to be guys who are here for like freedom. Yeah. So you're already seeing how like the the optics are changing with certain groups and how they're sort of ingratiating themselves with certain communities. But on top of all that, too, with the division, you know, the, some people point to the fact is like, well, I mean, look at the polls. It says it. Over sixty percent of Americans think that like our system of voting is like it's in peril. But then when you break it down, you have Republicans and Democrats talking about the exact opposite thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that sixty percent are looking and going, Oh yeah, man, we gotta sort this out. The gerrymandering's out of control, the voter suppression is right. something else. It's that Republicans are like, they steal them all through fraud. And yeah. and Democrats are like, the rules are completely changing for people. And that's, I think, another aspect that it's just it's papered over in these discussions by just reducing like a poll number to that rather than saying, like, look, we are wrapped like we're just everyone's experiencing many different realities, but in arenas that need like consensus. Yeah. Biden's speech on Thursday, I think some people were commending it for being like forceful and like direct in the way that it confronted who was at fault, but don't say their name. Overall, the administration's handling 
of the aftermath has been, you know, light on details and straight ahead explanations of what happened and like heavy on metaphors. Like he said, the, you know, insurrectionists were holding a dagger at the throat of our democracy. And it's just like, all right, so what what would you do? Yeah. What's the what's the solution, dude? Hey, if somebody put a dagger to the throat of some shit I gave a fuck about, I wouldn't just be like, huh, (laughs) we must not let them hold this dagger here okay, at how? my throat. <laughs> we will no, we can no longer allow this daggery to happen. <laughs> it's like, yo, where are the fucking repercussions? Because there's nothing, I don't think, like you're saying, since a year ago, we've seen nothing in terms of new laws or regulations that are even remotely meant to address this. It's just a lot of like, hey, we got the guy with the helmet. Yeah. So that's right. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and, right. and like you're only going after the people that like Google, Facebook and like the telecoms companies are just giving you the information to find them because they've already they already have all the data to, to pin those people to that place that day. And that's where like all the energy is going into, because I think that's another part of America's issue is it's easier to go after the the easy, low hanging fruit than go for the actual structural shit that caused the fruit to even fall to the ground. Yeah. You know, like it's whether it's like white supremacy in this country or inequality, it's only it's like the easy thing. It's never well, no, we actually need to fundamentally change what minimum wages or what working hours are or what people are deserve or what our definition of a hate crime is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 very frustrating. And I think the most people really need to be do, I, I don't know, prepare themselves to understand that this is this is kind of like what we're looking at, yeah. because it's not it's. I mean, you have to be pretty disengaged to feel comfortable about the future at the moment. Yeah, it's about to get way worse. But but I don't know. What, what the fuck do we know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> what do we know? What do we know? I'm just a guy in a big dog's t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you are, in fact, a guy in a big dog's t-shirt. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And Logan Paul may have, and this is this is the shit that we need to be focused on. When we're talking you. about the details, getting into the details, we're talking about the fact that Logan Paul may have wasted millions of dollars on fake Pokemon cards. Hell yeah. Um, Thrilling. So I think most of the people who listen to the show know who Logan Paul is and Jake Paul and that whole, you know, yeah, yeah. YouTube crew um, and if you but, don't turn off the podcast now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, because we don't want to know you don't you don't want to know <laughs> also you don't want to know and <laughs> save yourself uh but you oh, know i was I saying think, that i'm a fan okay Go ahead. <laughs> despite <laughs> all the bullshit ignorance and controversies and all that it doesn't really matter because this dude is balling as fuck Boom. and he likes to Thank flex, you, you know, because he can flex. drop major coin on shit with these ad revenue. OK, he can buy cool stuff like a Supreme dumpster. OK, or mm-hmm. maybe a fucking go kart made of elephant tusks. OK, this is, is kind of real. I don't know. It just oh. sounds like some shit you buy. <laughs> but, Honestly, I saw Supreme Dumpster and I was like, yep, sounds right. And then go kart made elephant tusks. When I was like, when, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> for sure. When I, this, I was like. I can see that. Yeah, I can same. see someone be like, yo, same. you got the Supreme Dumpster. It just sounds to me like 
you two and the Paul brothers are more divided than you've ever been <laughs> and need to come together. We need to come together in Thank an orgy. You. And, you know, the, he's now been more, you know, he's being more and more visible and he's, his spending sprees are more visible, too. Like he's been really he's been posting a lot of Pokemon card content. And recently he was stunting on people because he said he spent three and a half million dollars on a not just any kind of fucking, you know, uh, collection of Pokemon cards. We're talking about a case of six first edition base set Pokemon card booster boxes. Now, I only used to collect sports cards and I used to play Magic Gathering, so I'm not hating on card collecting, but I know fuck all about Pokemon cards. So, Mm. Daniel, is that sick? Is this thing that he said he claims to buy, is that important to Pokemon? I mean, important? No. I mean, you know, but 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 that's a coveted. Yes, of course. Coveted? Highly extremely coveted in the Pokemon community right now. And for some reason, I'm not even quite sure why, because I, and I know there's some like, there's definitely a path from like YouTube, you know, when people used to share their shopping sprees and stuff like that, like, here's what I bought today, blah, blah, blah. I know there's a line from that to Pokemon cards, but the fact mm-hmm. that there are just whole, you know, Twitch channels, YouTube streams, meta streams that are dedicated to people having a camera that's just on their hands as they open Pokemon cards is like, the shit right now and mm-hmm. i truly do not understand it but yes having a base set of og first edition booster packs is wild like that so, is the rarest of the rare so we can all so we know this is the rarest of the rare right mm. rarefied mm. air mm. so sorry can i just stop on the that's it that's a genre of videos now just to yeah hit camera on hand opening yes. pokemon cards oh, shit, yes. look it's i mean like, like mukbang like mukbang like buying sprees, receipt, like, you know, rundowns, all of that stuff, I feel like falls into the same category of voyeurism where it's like seeing people consumer, consumer voyeurism. Yeah. Yeah, Where it's just like, you know, people want to see people buy and open shit. Cause it used to be just unboxings. It used to exactly. I mean, I feel like that was sort of the beginning where unboxings were just, it was just like shit that like, you're like, Oh shit, that's the new this or that. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, sort of like, look at all this shit I bought. And people were like mouth agape, like, Oh, cool. Literally. I used to get depressed when I saw people eating by themselves in restaurants for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. that just made me sad to yeah. see them eating by themselves. Yeah. And the world has gone so far beyond that to the point that I, like, no longer, that doesn't even register <laughs> at all on my, like, the depre- the how depressing yeah. it is to just picture, imagine someone sitting there on YouTube, just being like, oh, sick. They just got a good card. Yep. Like, watching with, like, yep. dead eyes is yep. yeah, a real bummer to me. Yeah. Well, look, we're all okay. we're all finding our ways to be comfortable, okay? The so, world is a vampire. By the way, I love eating you. by myself in a restaurant, so I'm not shaming nice. anybody. That was just uh... a... <laughs> yeah, and he watches old clips of him playing basketball in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Bro, I guess that's cool too. if no I kid, had no them, kid. I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's like, yeah, man, I could have been a blue chip kid, but whatever, man. <laughs> you see uh, that yeah, move right there? Just, it's yeah, like black two coffee. seconds right here. Look at that move. Yeah. Look at that. That pivot. <laughs> I know I don't have the ball. Yeah. But. but. And I know <laughs> I'm crying oh, Shut him court. down. <laughs> oh, my God. You must have clicked on the Apple logo and scrolled to shut down the way I closed that guy out. <laughs> trying to take that fucking jump <laughs> shot. All right. Look so. That box out. Look at that. Box. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. The, a lot of people who are into Pokemon cards, too, were like, I don't know, man. This guy got one of the most, like, rare things you could get in the fucking game. And yeah. and then we're like, okay, what about the provenance, right? 
So what happened? Where is this from? And a lot of things, people were pointing to a few things that were like, they're like, I'm dubious because of the following. He spent three and a half million dollars on eBay. He bought it on eBay, not Sotheby's, not Christie's. Yeah. Like where typically you see, th- like it doesn't matter how you know niche the thing is. When we're talking about millions of dollars, those are typically the auction like venues or yeah, houses yeah. where those things are bought. Yes. Not on fucking eBay. No. So that was the first thing people were like, what the fuck? The second is like just sort of the math, right? One of these packs can sell between seven and $12,000, maybe $15,000. And inside this box he had were 216 packs. The person who first sold, the, who first put this box on the market is a guy called Number One Pokemon Master on eBay. That's not a red flag. He sold it for 72 grand. And oh, then no. that person no. sold it for $2.7 million, And then Jake Paul bought it off this person for three point five. Now, I don't know if it's money laundering or whatever, but whatever the fuck it is. But the second thing is that the person, number one Pokemon master, like the provenance of the of the, this box that he says he has, like the origin of it, how did he come to obtain it, is also murky. First, it was like, oh, I got it from an old person who was like getting rid of stuff. Then it was like, like I got the it at Gremlin's my 12- origin story. Like, huh? I got yes. it. <laughs> like, I got it from an old guy in a yeah. uh, <laughs> little store in, uh, yeah. Okay. In an estate sale. Then it was my 12th birthday, and that turned into I found it in an abandoned attic. Oh, then damn. people were like, okay, that's fucking weird. Then people were looking at the facts like the barcode doesn't actually match what the actual product is if you really zoom in. Secondly, a box that that's old. That's made by Wizards of West Coast, the company that made the cards. It would have faded like all the other like the stock from then. That's like you see now it has like a certain patina to it. It's faded. And this didn't have it, which led a lot of people to be like, yo, this is fucking trash. And so now he's like trying to go. Logan Paul's like, I'm flying to Chicago to figure out what what the deal is, because these were authenticated. But all of this kind of reminds me of just like it's the exact same shit that happens in the art world. I don't know if you saw that series on Netflix called Made You Look about the massive art fraud that happened in New York where this gallerist was selling like Rothko's and fucking, uh, who's my splatter paint guy? Pollock. Jackson uh, Pollock? Pollock. Yeah, Jackson Pollock. Like uh, like American abstract expressionist art where this woman was just coming into this gallery and being like, yeah, man, this thing that would sell for normally for like $5 million, I'll get it to you for like 600000 And mm. this gallery was buying it and and they were being like considered re- the real deal when in fact many of these pieces were fake and it's sort of, of like this whole momentum that people get in this world which is you're so fixated on the idea that i'm going to have the fucking thing that no one else has mm. that that gets weaponized and turned against you when you're like but uh, you know the, all the other things you're not considering the the provenance the fucking the act the fact that like they're not even going to make you let you look at the cards to make sure what you're buying is real very similar energy. You want a Rothko? I'll get you a Rothko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got a Rothko on deck, dude. Get you a Rothko. <laughs> a Rothko? Yeah. No, I got, I got, four I got a couple. In my closet. Yeah, I got a couple of Rothkos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all part of capitalism and consumerism just like breaking down. Like, it's part, it, it feels like it's of a family with like NFTs and yeah. rep sneakers that are exactly the same as the non rep like the actual sneakers and it's just like no, this shit has completely ceased making sense like the right. yeah it's just and I think all that's, 
telling What's, stories to each yeah, other. But it's, yeah, but yeah, like consumer culture is like in this weird bubble now where it's like, yeah, man, this fucking picture of on your computer screen's worth fucking millions. Right. You're like, what the fuck is what is the value of anything anymore? Yeah. I think that's what's really interesting, because even like you're saying with like, clearly people are making fake Pokemon cards because yeah. they're like, fuck it. What's they don't get like people think it's the real deal. Exactly. I don't know. Like, what the fuck? Same with sneakers and like luxury items. Like, what yeah. is the value anymore? Is it the fact that you paid three and a half million dollars for it? Is it that you like the cards themselves, the way they look? Or is it like, you know, like most people, it's just to say, you know, I got it because I, I have this shit. We're killing the world by refusing to make a vaccine free to them so that these multi-billion dollar American companies can continue to make billions and billions of dollars. And then with those billions of dollars, we're just basically like making various forms of money laundering a growth mm. industry. <laughs> like, yes. That's what we've done with it as a nation yeah. is we're just fucking putting it in Things that used to be considered money laundering and are now considered like right. fucking tight something. <laughs> and, and also just as like a side note from like the from the purpose and how it's actually, you know, used these days, like we have developed technology to the point where the actual physical cards like don't matter anymore. If you're trying to do with them what they're used for, which is play the trading card game. Right. There's there. There are all sorts of apps. You can play it digitally online. Owning the card doesn't matter anymore. So like the fact that the entire market is basically based strictly around the trading and the rarity of them is just like it, it is very lost the plot kind of uh, kind of shit. Just contributing yeah. another small note here. Of yeah. Bullshit. The 30s are going to be sick, dude. Sick. <laughs> this is where we're out in the 22. Woo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this ain't stopping, y'all. That's no. what history's told me. Oh, yeah, yeah, This is, I, I mean, moon, it's just going to, it does feel like we, everything is kind of consolidating in the ways that it's just going rotten and the mm -hmm. fruit is falling off the tree, like, all over the place. It does feel like something's coming to an end, but, yeah, I, I will admit to lacking the imagination for what comes next. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be what post-apocalyptic movies tell us. That's... No. I think in some ways wishful thinking, but hmm. like, I mean, you just you can look at other countries that are sort of further along in their path of rampant inequality and what happens when it just truly turns into haves and have nots. I think that's that's the more immediate example you get We're like, oh, it's functioning, but it's also very grim when you're yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I mean, and also part of me also thinks like I, I think we're like also it's it's like we're experiencing the 20s and the depression simultaneously. Mm. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like both things are happening simultaneously. And I think that's yep. what's also kind of surreal because of the rampant inequality is that, yeah, there's a group here that's spending three and a half million dollars on fucking paper squares. Yep. And then people who are buying like diabetic test strips, like off the fucking, you know, someone who's just like hustling them because even the most basic medical like necessities are are completely out of reach for people. Yeah. Well, one possibility for where we're headed in the future is into the metaverse. Oh, hey. Let's go. Look that baby. highlight real quick. There is, uh, so CES uh, just kind of happened in quotes because it was mostly shut down because of the pandemic, but they, a lot of tech was debuted and a at least France 24 
which is a website I implicitly trust, uh, France24.com says that like CES won the show or sorry, that the metaverse won the show, won CES this year. And, you know, uh, our writer Jam was pointing out there's this uh, clip going viral right now of somebody. It's supposed to be like, so this person, Homo Digitalis, tweeted, uh, this is how Walmart envisions shopping in the metaverse. Thoughts? Oh, yeah. It's been uh, and it's a video. Uh, yeah. It's actually a four-year-old video, like VR display from an South by thing. Sure, looks they were like revealed it. in 2017 yeah. uh, in an effort to impress influencers at South by. But that does illustrate, like, how lame and unoriginal the entire Meta project is. That, like, the thing that they are being like, look at this crazy, like, new world that we're entering is. Like so, things that have been revealed repeatedly for the past, you know, years? two decades, three decades. I mean, the 90s, we were doing all kind. We were all in on VR. Yeah. Picked up and dropped like pe- people like I've talked before about Michael Crichton's Disclosure novel in which they're all about VR. And they're like they have like this thing where they're trying to steal a file from someone's computer and like the way that they do it is they go put a vr set on and like walk down a hallway and like open pick up a physical file with their hand and then like walk back down and like there's another person in the computer like in it in this v with this vr headset on it's very stupid but if you do watch this uh walmart video it's basically that but done yeah. for online shopping like you have to pick up with your VR glove, like a, a carton of milk and then like put it into your cart so rather than just click on a fucking <laughs> thing. And then and if you it drop it, you have to pick it up off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. That was the like, amazing part the is that, is so like to show like how connected everything is, so real. the person picks up a gallon of milk, puts it in their cart. And then this disembodied like Walmart assistant who floats in front of you eerily is like you act like your connective fridge is telling us you already have a gallon of milk. Okay, you want to put it back? I need more than normal. Why right. Don't you get out of my face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my I want more milk. She's like, you want to put it back? Then just put it back on the shelf. And so the person then has to reach into the thing, pick it up, but then they like drop it, <laughs> and then they like pick it up again, and they left that in there, I guess, to make it like I don't, I don't know why. Hey, to be fair it, though, that's four years old, man. The technology's come a long, <laughs> so long way. Better. Those gloves, they have better grip now. Way You're better. far less likely to drop the milk now. So it seems absurd. Mm-hmm. And yet the Oculus app was the most downloaded app in the Apple store over the holidays. Meta hosted several big virtual concerts in the past couple of weeks. Granted, they did not go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest crowd was less than a million people. And a Fortnite concert hosted last year had tens of millions of people there. So it's like not doesn't okay. seem like it's taking off probably the way that Mark Zuckerberg had imagined. But it does feel like in connection with the previous thing that we were talking about where we don't really have anywhere to go because everything's breaking about our current like reality rather than like coming up with solutions to build a new future and a new organization for our society we might just spend like a couple decades like going into some virtual reality thing uh, Mm -hmm. would be one possibility that would be very depressing 
I mean, yeah, it sounds like most of the focus is on avo- like running away from shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then confront it's everything. All I see around me is running away from shit and not confronting shit. Mm. Um, yeah. And I guess because confronting shit is too disruptive, where if you run away, now you're like, I don't know, I'm creating a whole new thing. Fucking metaverse. dude. trying to Check disrupt reality. Yeah. Right. That's, like, that's the that's the new tech innovation is disrupting life as we know it. And the uh, other thing, too, is with those Facebook, the meta, whatever, fucking Facebook concerts mm-hmm. was that. The video's not like, there wasn't anything three-dimensional about it. It's just like you put a headset on to watch a fucking two-dimensional video. Yeah. Imagine, so, if you will, Miles, mm-hmm. you're watching one of those Pokemon card opening videos, <laughs> but you actually, it's so much realer because while it's still a two-dimensional screen, you can look to your side and see other people are watching it. With and hear them heavily breathing into their microphone. Or you can look to the side and see the edges of what they've rendered to yeah, the, exactly. like, the field of view. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this hard black line for? <laughs> yeah. There's also <laughs> the not problem that people are being, like, groped and, yeah. you know, assaulted. Like, it, Oh, yeah. Again, like the with the thing of like putting the milk back onto the shelf rather than just being like, oh, I'll just remove from cart by clicking this one button, like take that problem and expand it to dealing with online harassment and online like bullying and online racism and online like everything. It's just like there it makes it that much harder to ever monitor uh, police, like any of those things. It's just going to be. And it, there's no record now because it's like all no. happening in real time. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, as, as, as your local guy who has been fighting for VR for a few years now, you could mm-hmm. go back to old recap episodes of D, uh, TDZ at the end of the year where I'm like, underrated VR. I think I literally yeah. said it two years in a row. Right, One of my yeah. favorite, and you VR. do hang out with Mark Zuckerberg so all the time. He's my boy. Fair. I mean, yeah. like you know, well, Zuckerberg. We, 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 you know, we don't talk about that right now. Anyway, uh, just one of my favorite games to play in VR offers before you get into it is just this open lobby where everybody who's playing the game in that lobby is just kind of hanging out and floating around the 3D space. And the number one problem that that game had was harassment and small children screaming into their microphones when you didn't have the option to mute every single person in the lobby or make yourself invisible or anything like everything that happened was racism people grabbing your face and humping you with their robot bodies and every possible troll thing that you could possibly imagine in this very very tiny vr game that maybe had three thousand people that were playing it at a time like trying to extrapolate that to millions of people is going is just it is it is truly disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. And uh, anybody who's been using VR for more than ten minutes could have told you that. I just like Beat Saber. Beat Saber's great. What a great game that you play by yourself. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Like I see the benefits yeah. of VR in gaming and like yeah, as a sure. game of immersive. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's and sick. like immersive like film watching. Like I'm totally down to like be like, whoa, shit! Like yeah. th- this is this is fucking great. But yeah, uh, beyond that. It's just weird. It's like they keep trying to force this thing like, nah, man, VR is going to change the way you work. I'm like, Motherf- no, most not. motherfuckers don't like to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fuck is VR going to help? Truly. Like, no. So stop. Like, it's, that's not the solution. The thing that they've, you know, that Facebook and social media has allowed is for, you know, these massive corporations to enter into our daily lives and how we communicate and like view ourselves and portray ourselves to others. It's like the most basic human things and this just takes the very last shred of that like our ability to like walk away from it and 
makes it so that you are like inside an actual world that they created. Like it makes sense as the next thing that they want to do. It just seems like it will be horrible for everyone. Yeah. And yes, like to your point about like all the the issues that already exist on Facebook, fuck the VR aspect. Yeah. And then you want to now put all these people in there and like the 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 explanation is like, I mean, it's really hard to monitor this stuff in real time. It's like then it should be like then you're fucking up by even creating an environment for this to happen, because if you already can't handle the rampant misinformation on your platform and you're just going to be like, I don't know, then yeah. that's not it. Or and that's stuff I, in my lasts. mind. Yeah. Or in my mind, like, don't you just have can't you just create enough like robust server like infrastructure where you can be like, I know exactly what happened in there because I right. got the whole shit. It happened in this software. Right. Like I can record what the, and I, I don't need fucking the whole thing itself is snitching on you. The second you enter this shit, because they it's have, all being recorded, they will have that, but they won't put that technology towards anything or, that would make right. it like their responsibility to police and monitor it. Yeah. Like in the same way that, you know, Facebook, you can still go and look at like racist, hateful, abusive comments that somebody left on an Instagram account and you know that facebook didn't do shit about but they certainly like will pay attention to anything that is said that might uh, make it easier to serve you a an ad that is going to be effective Mm -hmm. like that's yeah it's we really really can't let this one happen go to the (laughs) virtual clan rally in the metaverse right okay what for what what is this now like what's the what's the purpose of it all but yeah i Again, it's like one of those things like we y'all been trying this since the 90s. I look, I I saw the movie Virtuosity 2 with Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington. I thought, hey, that shit might be cool. Right. But we're not. That's not what this is. And it's just and I guess I don't know. Like, is it is it that we need like a like a huge leap forward in technology for people to be like, oh, shit. Like, I'm looking at someone's face. I can feel the wind on my shit. I can feel the temperature like it's that immersive. I don't think I think that's the thing that most people like if we're going to enter some like Wally dystopia matrix type shit, it's that this new form of quote unquote reality is such that it's it's engaging all of your senses. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just dangerous. The, the technology is already like pretty cool. It, it's just I feel like in the wrong hands, I guess, like we're we're going to be fucked. <laughs> yes, because yeah. I like the the big thing is that like you can only w- walk around on like a, a rug sized piece of space, but I'm sure they're going to solve that in the not too distant future. Well, they've got those like those like multi directional right. treadmills, democratizing those, right? Like making those uh, more wow. achievable, right? Like, I do kind of want to try that. That does look fun. It looks cool. But, like it does. The way that that's going to happen probably is that like Facebook, right? You know, has the money to invest in making cheap ones of those so that it makes the metaverse so cool that you then are interested in going in there and then they have like fully captured you as a person yeah they're like hey hop in your omni tread put on your goggles and gloves and come to the metaverse yep. yeah yeah Oof. like a yoga mat sized thing and it's just like oh shit no we're well, fucked i don't know fuck yep. it man i'm gonna start some still drugs in the metaverse there you go they will Bye be tracking that the only thing, <laughs> the only violation that they track is, yeah, uh, 
drug sales and speaking out against uh, the government of your country. <laughs> right. Well, Daniel, such a Jack. pleasure having you as always. Uh, pleasure to be here. You kidding me? We're, uh, you're, you're a hell of a yeah. guy, you son oh, of a snap. bitch. Oh, uh, where can where can people find you and follow you? You can find me at all the places: uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, DJ underscore Daniel D A N L, and I uh, go live on Twitch Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. You can find me on them internets. All right. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? I got a couple. I'll hit you hit you with my first one, which is probably something you guys talked about yesterday. But a uh, friend of the show, guest of the show, David or Jason Pargin, responding to Elmo's tweet of, has anyone ever seen a rock eat a cookie? Elmo is just curious. Jason Pargin writes, man, I just have no idea what people are fucking talking about anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> I lo- absolutely love that. And then the other one in the spirit of six, uh, six word stories, this one only needed five from at Raptor Breath. First sale, balls, never tasered. <laughs> Love that one. <laughs> there you go. Miles, where can people find you with a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. And if you like 90 Day Fiance, oh, well, then come on by to check out 420 Day Fiance uh, with Sophia oh, oh, Alexandra. Oh, oh. It's shit goes up, goes hard, and it's stuck. <laughs> let's see there's a few things few tweets i like first one is from carter hamley at carter hamley tweeted you should be able to go into the cockpit of the plane if you have something really cool to show them <laughs> uh yeah i agreed uh next one's from danielle weisberg at danielle weisberg tweeted i don't know what you guys are talking about the american school system is perfect i have no financial literacy but i do know how to square dance <laughs> <laughs> I fucking felt that in my <laughs> terrible, yeah. financially illiterate heart. Oh, my gosh. And f- finally, at uh, Furtive Onanist, uh, Dana Cassidy tweeted a screen cap of, like, Google Translate. And it says, she says, are you fucking kidding me? And it's the English is fucking in the kitchen. And the Dutch translation is nuking in the kooken. <laughs> <laughs> And the whole thread is just like people putting in like nasty, dirty talk and translating it to Dutch. And it's great because like the languages are like it to your ear. It can like if you've been in the, like the Netherlands, like some I remember being high as fuck in Amsterdam thinking I'm not understanding these people speak English, but they were speaking Dutch. And there's no one that says spank me, daddy translates to give me in clap, papa. So, just love. I just love the beauty of languages. So. Shout out all the Dutch listeners. I know you're out there. The nuking and the kuken was was mine. But a little <laughs> uh, little little background is that we've talked about before, but the square dancing tradition is a tool of white supremacy. That being taught yep. in public schools. Oh, hell yeah. Was no funded shit. by they turned Henry up, Ford. They turned uh, a brown kid into a financially illiterate square dancer. <laughs> <laughs> by design. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, uh, Suba tweeted, the, the news is insane. Florona isn't a new thing. It's just the flu and corona. You can also get diaboredom, which is where you have <laughs> diabetes and boredom. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes where we link footnotes. off the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do you think 
people might enjoy it to death. Oh, man, you know, I love a remix. Mm. And I love to stay clean. So mm. I love using soap to stay clean. And if I was going to remix soap, I'd want to do it as a gladiator. Oh, perhaps. you son of a bitch. Perhaps the gladiator remix of, of the track Soap. But oh, by boy. none other than our guest today, DJ Daniel. For people who don't oh, know, Daniel boy. is a very talented oh. musician, and we always talk about music. I'm getting the But fuck you know out what? Here. I would be wrong to not tell y'all to go check out DJ Daniel's work. He's verified. This motherfucker verified on Spotify, okay? Right, he and a right. powerful duo called Gladiator. So we're going out on the Soap Gladiator remix. Get it in. Get it in. Get it in. Oh. There we go. All right. <laughs> well, I can't. Usually it's implied that I uh, co-sign Miles' recommendations. I cannot uh, co-sign <laughs> this one. Not a fan. I might goof. Just kidding. Uh, Gladiator's awesome. The Daily Zeitgeist is it. a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And that is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.